It's time for Mac Geek Gab, and I'll bring us our quick tip of the week. On your Mac, go into system preferences, system settings, whatever version of the OS you're running. Go into privacy and look at every category and make sure all the apps that you want enabled for things like full disk access and accessibility and all of those things, make sure the ones that you want enabled are enabled. I did it this morning on two of my Macs. And there were like four things in a few different categories that I wanted enabled. I swear I enabled them at some point, but no, they were not enabled. More quick tips like this, plus your questions answered today on Mac Geek 989 for Monday, July 3rd, 2023. <laughs> Welcome to Mac Geek Up, the show where you send in your tips like that. You send in your questions. You send in your cool stuff found. We take all of those things. We string them together into a thoughtfully created agenda that sometimes we completely abandon mid-show so that we can each be sure that we learn at least five new things every single time we get together. Sponsors for this episode include HelloFresh, where you go to HelloFresh.com slash MGG50 and use code MGG504, 50% off, plus free shipping. We'll talk more in depth about that in a little bit. For now, here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in Lee, New Hampshire, it's Pilot Pete. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, indeed. Yeah. Let's how's, do this thing. How goes, uh, how goes with you today, Pilot Pete? All things being unequal. Good. I'm starting to uh, catch my own tail. Uh, I chased it around the world, or, or I actually did a slingshot. I went all the way to Singapore eastbound, and then all the way back. So oh, so you went I you had, went east out and west back. Yes. So you three quarters of the way around the world, all the way to Singapore, and yeah. uh, actually that's about halfway because we were exactly twelve hours out, as I recall. That's right. We were twelve hours off from each other. Yeah, that's right. When I recorded in Hong Kong last week. So that's right. Yeah, man. Yeah, so I'm starting to catch my own tail and figure out what time zone my brain is in. And well, when you when you when you figure it out, let us know. Uh, you know, the sad thing is, when I was in my 40s, I could recover from a trip like that in about two days, and now it takes a little longer. It, I, I noticed. Yeah, I noticed when I turned 40 that uh, I even going out to California, I needed something to help regulate my sleep patterns uh, on the road. Otherwise, I was I was a mess. It was Chris Breen who who sort of pointed me down that path because he he saw me a few days into a Macworld Expo. He's like, "You don't look so good. Are you okay?" I'm like, well, "I've been sleeping about two hours a night." He's like, "Yeah, you might want to fix that." So yeah, yeah. there you yeah. go. Okay, medical the medical geek gab. Then the, yeah, the quick. old guy medical geek gab. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, melatonin's what I use, and I I used to not take it when I'd wake up at three in the morning, going, "Oh, I don't want to be all sleepy." Doctor yeah. said, "Don't know." Sunlight and coffee will wash the melatonin away and you're good to go. So it's something you can safely take if you're trying to sleep in the middle of the night. Yep. So yep. there you go. I take um, I take a, 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 a melatonin and CBD 
combination thing now and it is perfect yeah. it's great for me I, you, you know you got to know how cbd affects you because we're all different in that regard but uh, right i'll well, put a link to the one i take in the show notes again there you go I, sadly I, pilots don't do that i understand because the faa doesn't think it's funny and it is not an excuse should you pop positive for thc yeah there you go yeah or just use cbd nope not an excuse not an you're excuse. done that's it yeah. interesting yeah yeah uh, speaking of time zones, we yeah. are doing a hangout this coming Sunday, July 9th at 4 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And we have settled. 8 p.m. UTC. Uh, the eight, is it 8 p.m. UTC? Is that right? Yeah. Are we only four yeah, hours four off? Four hours off okay. in the summer. Yeah. Uh, and we have picked a topic. It is shortcuts. So come prepared to share any shortcuts that you use. And of course, uh, you know, learn from from all of us. These these hangouts are very much a many to many conversation. We do them in Zoom. The link will be in the calendar. So if you subscribe to the Mac Geek Gab calendar at macgeekgab.com slash calendar, you will have the Zoom link right there in the calendar. Uh, we will also post it in our Discord at uh, macgeekgab.com slash Discord. And so uh, you will need the passcode. It's in the calendar. It's in the Discord. I just can't put it on like Twitter or Facebook or even probably oh, you Mastodon. Can, but the, the results are bad. The it results are not optimal. Yeah, it's um, it's it was so, bad. It was a bad or free Sunday. advertising before you come to the shortcuts hangout. Go find Max Barkey's field guide on shortcuts. Oh yeah, right. Do some homework before you get there, and you'll be more uh, ready. I, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'll put a link to all of those things in the show notes. In fact, yeah. they are there. Uh there you go. The first slash next quick tip quick tip is from listener Ben, who says, uh I found a new shortcut. Speaking of, this is more just a keyboard shortcut. Uh hold down command and option and click a folder in the dock. And that will open the folder in the Finder. Very cool. And he says that's listed in 80 shades of option key, which we will also link to. But yeah, option click a doc folder and it will simply open it uh, right there in the Finder. So very cool. I appreciate it. I, I love I love shortcuts like that. And that option key is uh, that's the closest thing to magic on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that there yeah, is. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, we will keep on trucking here. Chicago Tom has one for actual shortcuts, and uh, he tells us or reminds us that you can use the terminal to uh, run a shortcut. You simply open up a terminal session. You do shortcuts space run space quote unquote the name of your shortcut within quotes, and there you go. And he also reminds us that. If you're in the terminal typing man space shortcuts will give you even more options that you can do with the shortcuts command there in the in the terminal. So who the thunk they'd have made that a command? Yeah, well, I, you know, what's nice about that, and I know you can you can run shortcuts from Apple script. But what's nice about things like that is you can always run shell scripts, a.k.a. terminal commands from Lots of different languages, not just Apple script, uh, not just automator, but all sorts of things. And so oh, yeah. having that ability and, and I think this is why a lot of these command line tools get built so that 
even without an official API from your language of choice to something, say shortcuts, you have this and you can definitely do that. You know, you, you're not going to necessarily get, you know, bi-directional data back and forth. You're going to have to sort of figure that out on your own, but at least you can trigger a shortcut uh, from any language, you know, because the tool is there. It's on every Mac after whatever point they put it on there. I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, so, so that's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, that to me, that's, I think that's why they do these things is, is that so uh speaking of command line stuff lawyer jeff wrote in with what i call the cool stuff found but we'll we'll put it here because it it just fits he found a uh a page that is the advanced mac os command line tools and it is full of some fantastic uh command line stuff that you can do on the mac that the command caffeinate PB copy and PB paste for uh, using the clipboard network quality uh, SIPs, which I always forget about for image manipulation, all kinds of different things. So first of all, I, I love this and I'm, I've got it bookmarked now and, and you can too just go to MacGeekab.com or MGG.FM slash 989. That will get you right to this or subscribe to the newsletter that we have and you will get these show notes with these links in your email box every week. What I love even more about this is that Lawyer Jeff, longtime listener, sent us this, and it was created by Sarab, another Mac, Mac Geekab listener, longtime listener, contributor in our Discord. So it was like the perfect little circle of Mac Geekab life, and, uh, and it made me very happy. I'm like, wait a minute. I think I know who created this as I was reading through it. So, um yeah, I love I love I love the Mac Geekab family and I love when it works out that way. And lawyer Jeff didn't know. Like he was like, Oh, I just stumbled on it. I had no idea who created it. So cool stuff in there for sure, which is why I would have called it a cool stuff found. Right. Yep. Uh speaking of keyboard shortcuts, while still on keyboard shortcuts, Chicago yeah. Tom delivers again. He says, I got tired of reaching for my mouse to activate Siri on my Mac, so I went poking around in settings looking for a better way. Did you know? That if you press command space and hold it for a couple of seconds, that activates Siri. Alternatively, you could use Spotlight and type Siri and it will launch the Siri.app, which will prompt you to dictate commands. Yeah, so this can be set uh, in your Macs. Go into you know system preferences, system settings, uh, go to Siri and Spotlight, and you have the option to set a keyboard shortcut for Siri. And there are four of them that, uh, or well, three, and then you get to customize. Uh, so I guess four, so you can hold the, uh, the, the, the microphone button on your keyboard. If in fact you have one of those, if you don't, as Chicago, Tom says, you can choose command space, which is kind of a, a handy thing to remember. Cause you got command space for, um, for, for spotlight. spotlight yeah. yeah. And then if you hold it down, okay, well now you're in, in Siri mode option space. If you want, uh, there's something else and I don't even know what this command is. Oh, it's like the, uh, the keyboard button and space. So the, like, I think it's the, I think that's the keyboard button and space. I don't know. It's a circle with like two dotted well, lines in the middle. That's the function key. No, no, mm -hmm. I think it's the keyboard like switcher button. 
I think that's oh, what that is. Okay. But if you All don't right. have that on your keyboard, uh, then don't. then don't use that. Uh, <laughs> and then and then there is the option to customize it, so you can kind of do whatever uh, whatever you want. So and I always thought the keyboard input for the S lady was kind of redundant. The whole point of that is to be able to speak it. However, you got to then watch if you even say the word seriously. Yeah. That's yeah. The next thing you know. <laughs> I, yeah, I have. She activates. I have not. My Mac is always close enough to me. I've never used Siri on my Mac. Do you use Siri on your Mac, Pete? Almost never. Yeah. I, I, I think when I've, you know, played with something, either answering a question or I want to see if this will work or that'll work. Sure. But yeah, almost never. Usually, it's the watch or the phone. Occasionally on the iPad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For, I'm, okay. So I'm, I'm in the same boat. I don't even yeah. think I have, like, I certainly don't have it set to listen for, for the, you know, the, the command, the head. I have my phone set to listen. For oh, same. It. Yeah. But, and then the watch, I think you press and hold the, the crown. You can do that in order to get it. or you can, you can raise your watch and say the, the command, Hey, followed by the word. Yes, Siri. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't, I certainly don't have that audible listening happening on my Mac for that, but I think there might be times where I could be more efficient telling it to do something with Siri as opposed to like doing a thing. So I gotta, I, well, I need to experiment with, with triggering Siri from the keyboard and, and see yeah. like where my, where my life goes i think you're right although you know it tends to go back to that discussion that we've had prior that you know you're more efficient until you're not and then the next you know next thing you know you're in a urination contest with your computer trying to get it to do what you wanted it to do when all you had to do was was (laughs) tell it to do it you know like i'm thinking was was type the command yeah you know i have my start the day script and sure and you know i I use the mouse to trigger that from the keyboard maestro menu i Mm -hmm. could trigger that with uh, you know a voice command i so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I need to. F- it's it's one of those things. I I I try to make sure I don't get, I don't fall into the trap of, I've never done it this way. Therefore, I don't need to do it that way. Right? Like like it is. I I like to be able to experience it, and then say, okay, I've done it, and decided that I have a different way that is more efficient for me, as opposed to just presuming that without with you know presuming with ignorance right I'd, I'd rather presume with experience or or uh not presume with ignorance but but actually decide with experience so i go. do i do need to i do need to play with that because I, and i did play with it a little bit when it was first on the mac and i was like uh, i don't this doesn't make sense for me but maybe i need to find a couple of things feedback at com, folks if you are using siri on your mac tell us how I would love yeah. to know. Yeah. Tell us at feedback at MacGeekGab.com. It's feedback at MacGeekGab.com. That's where Martin sent in the next quick tip, which he says, a tip you'll hardly use. He is right. But knowing that you can do this is has been powerful for me. He says, I am presently crossing the Atlantic by Ocean Liner. And the problem here uh, is that the time is changing by one hour Per day, So he's just slowly marching across the Atlantic one hour per day uh, is what the time zone changes. Despite having Wi-Fi and cell service, the iPhone can't find a reference point to make this change automatically. 
I'd been plugging in odd geographic locations as kind of a hack, but today someone showed me how to change the time manually. Go to settings, general, date and time. If you haven't already, switch it to set the time manually. The time zone is displayed in blue and below that the date and time. Long press on the time and a keyboard with dates will open up. The time is in the lower right-hand corner. Change the time by spinning the wheel. Go back one screen to general and the time you choose will now be displayed. You can also change the date by touching the date you want. Your Apple Watch will pick up the cue and automatically match the date and time on your phone. I've done this just by manually changing the time zone. I've done it on airplanes uh, where I know that I want to know what the time is going to be when we land. Uh, you know, like I when I when I wear a, a you know, a, a manual watch on a plane, like not a smartwatch. Uh, as soon as we take off, I set the time for my destination. Right. So that I have that. There you go. I yeah. often like to have that going on my phone and on my watch, too. So what I will do is change it into manual, set the time zone for the destination, and then change it back to automatic. And usually it doesn't switch back, uh, even if it's on the plane's Wi-Fi. And then, boom, when I land, I'm, you know, kind of already in in uh, in that mode. So Martin's right. It's a trip. It's a tip you will hardly use, but it is good to know that you can do it. So thank Don't you. Don't for forget that, that you've done it so that you can switch it back to automatic. Well, that's why as soon as I change the time zone, I change it back to automatic immediately uh, so that I don't forget. Yeah, because otherwise you're right. There you go. I've had a rare occasion where I've had it mid-flight. My watch will change to the, I'm assuming based on GPS. That's what I've always assumed. But most of the time it stays at my takeoff time until I turn the phone on after landing. I'm going to ask a question that, you you may have to give a certain answer, even if it's not the correct answer. Do you leave your watch? Do you put your watch in airplane mode, or is it is it getting s- some kind of signal? Okay, yeah. no, I it, I always leave it Bluetooth to my telephone. Oh right, um, because your watch yeah. doesn't have a cell signal on it, so it's no. it's it's Wi-Fi. Yeah, okay, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, but you know, <laughs> so I think at some point we were told to turn our iP- our iPads are cellular. Okay. And I think at some point we were told to turn those to airplane mode, but the tracking, it was, you know, obviously it was turning off the Wi-Fi and then the Bluetooth and the signals weren't good. And I think anyone just leave, everyone just leaves it wide open right now. And you know, people are leaving their cell phones on of course. inadvertently and intentionally. And I think all the engineers have proven that no longer interferes with the, well, Shouldn't yeah. interfere right. with well, the radar altimeter and the reception of the other things. Although the whole 5G thing, and that's a, another big, uh, to, yeah. to use my earlier term, urination contest between the FCC and the FAA. Right, right. And, you know, for whether or not, you know, is it too close where the signal's aimed, it interfered. And it, they've proven that does interfere with the radi- radar altimeter, which is critical in really low light or low visibility when you can't see the runway. You're counting on that thing to tell you exactly how many feet you are. Well, not you telling the autopilot how many feet it is above the runway so that it can properly flare and set the airplane down on the runway in an automatic landing. Huh? Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But I, I think you're right. Like we've, so, we've proven that people leaving their phones on doesn't cause planes to no. fall out of the sky. I mean, it just by nature of, like you said, even the unintentional, I mean, I've done it where I forget, you know, I'm in the middle right. of whatever and they do the announcement and you're like, yep, been there, done that. And 
whatever. Right. And then suddenly. And the engineers, I know they've gone over it. What happens if 400 phones are on it trying to get a signal? Mm. They've had to do that or they would. You know, of course. Yes, of course yeah. they have. So, right. <laughs> that's, so, a, that's a really fair point. Yeah. <laughs> of course yeah. they have. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got a couple more quick tips. We'll, we'll blow yeah. through these. I love, I love all the quick tips. Ben uh, in Discord says on iPhone and iPad, there's a setting to change the speed of the long press response. In iOS 16 and earlier, the choices are slow and fast. 9to5Mac has pointed out that in iOS 17, you get a third option of uh, faster or something like that or slower. I don't know. There's a third option. Uh, and you can set this now. You go to settings, accessibility, touch, haptic touch. And you can make a long press take less time on your phone. Fast. I believe fast is the default, but okay. you can change it to slow. Um, and there is a uh, fast is is the new default or whatever on the the next on iOS 17. And you can make it even faster with iOS 17, as I understand it. So, yeah. 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 And. So haptic is an adjective relating to the sense of touch or tactile. So they may as well just call it touch, touch. Just saying. Touch, touch. Thanks for that. Peach. Haptic touch. Haptic is relating to touch or the sense of touch. Yeah. So, okay. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. I just. Nope. I appreciate that. I, I had to go look up the word haptic because I'm sitting here and going, what is haptic? I've never, you know, before smartphones, I've never heard the word haptic. Okay, what's haptic? Oh, yeah. it relates to the sense of touch. Oh, well, okay. then it's touch. Maybe touch. they should have called it touch. It, it's a fancy way of seeing feedback for your touch. Yeah. The science of touch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, hey, hang on. There we go. Now you've there learned, we've is. all learned something Thank, new. Yeah. I bet we've, the vast majority had no idea where we've the word learned haptic something came new. From. I'm not, I'm not sure. Not, not any, I didn't say useful. Thank you. That's right. That's, that's I didn't fair. say we've learned something useful. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, and we don't, we don't we guarantee don't that useful. we don't promise useful. That's right. We do promise five new things. That's correct. Great. Yep. Um, ben shares something that is probably useful. Useful. There we go. He says, uh, I found it for the first time. I found that when I copied something, it did not end up on my Mac's clipboard. So I couldn't paste it since the clipboard is part of the finder. And this is the part that I needed a reminder on the clipboard is part of the finder. Uh, I forced the finder to relaunch holding option and right click on the finder in the dock or select finder in the force quit menu. And then the clipboard behaved normally again. So, uh, yes, relaunch the finder to resolve clipboard failures. Uh, also, Nibsuk in our Discord commented that by issuing kill all keyboard from the terminal should also reset it because that's the pasteboard service, which is where the, um, the, the whatchamacallit, the clipboard lives. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Do you yeah. use clipboard manager, Dave? Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, obviously I use, I use keyboard maestros clipboard manager only because I use keyboard maestro for other things. And so it means okay. that I, I don't have to have yet another something running, but yes, I could not live without a clipboard manager. Do you run one, Pete? 
I, I, you know, I, I assume since I run Keyboard Maestro that I do, but I don't know. I've never used that function of it. I've always used the one thing I have on the clipboard now and never, never much played with it. Though so, uh, it looks like Shotter. We talked about that a couple yeah. weeks ago, may have, may have something there too, but I need to get in there and find out what I'm missing, I suppose. That is something where if you don't know about it, you don't know what you're missing uh, for sure um you need to I, I, i'm trying to think of the right way for all of us for anyone who's not already using a clipboard manager if you find start paying attention to your workflows if and when and i'm guessing it's going to be a when but i'll say if you find yourself bouncing between say safari and mail or mm-hmm. you know one app like like if you're you're pasting things into a spreadsheet right and you've got to go get them from safari and paste them into whatever and if you find yourself going back and forth so you go to safari you copy the first thing you go back to mail or your spreadsheet you paste it in then you go back to safari you copy the second thing go back paste it in or even if you're you, you know it's not safari if you copy one thing from safari and one thing from from mail but you're going back and forth and pasting it into your spreadsheet each time copy all the things and then go to where you're going to paste them and use your clipboard manager to paste the things that you have now copied because they are all in your clipboard. It will be tedious the first time because your fingers don't know all the right keystrokes to make those entries on the clipboard jump out at the time that you want them to jump out. That is a thing that your fingers will learn very, very quickly. Trust me on that. So, Yes, the first time will be far less efficient than what you already know how to do. But that's the thing. Like Lisa was looking at me the other night and I was doing something on my computer. or She was doing something. I'm like, wait a minute. Like you could use a clipboard manager. She's like, yeah, I don't quite understand. I'm like, all right, well, let me show you. And as I showed her, she was like, oh, wait a minute. That's life changing. It's like, yes, I, I am. Yeah. I am shocked that. Apple has yet to include a clipboard manager, not just on the Mac, but system wide, like like iCloud wide. I want one on my iPhone and my iPad and I want it to sync amongst all of them. And I just want access to my clipboard history. It's amazing because now I can I can treat the clipboard like a little bit of a backup. I mean, you don't want to go too crazy because things can get wiped out. But it's it's you know it's non-destructive in that when you copy or, or cut the next thing it doesn't blow away was what was there previously so yeah it looks like there's uh one or two in setup yeah well. yep um like paste and- paste is one that porthos john in the uh uh in the discord chat just mentioned here but paste um, and unclutter yeah yeah Man. so i like i i couldn't Whenever, if like if for whatever reason, Keyboard Maestro is not running on a Mac for me, which is weird. But if it's not and I wind up, it's like I feel like it's that whole, you know, typing with mittens on feeling. It's like, oh, my gosh, right. like what? And, and then I panic, like, wait a minute. What have I lost that I thought was saved on my clipboard? Because I, I do rely on it to just hold on to things. I'll I'll grab stuff like if I'm if I'm filling out a web form, right? And you know, sometimes you type lots of of, of text into like a, a, you know, please send us your customer service message. And you like type all the yeah. things in my order on this day and that you sent me the wrong and the yada yada. Before I click send, I select all and copy. 
And then I, I hit send on that or submit on that form. And I know that when the form fails, like it does 50% of the time, I just have that on my clipboard. Even if I come back to it later, it's like, Oh no, 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 that's going to be there on my clipboard. So Yeah. yeah. That's a great idea. No, I, now that you mentioned it, I can't tell you how many times I find that, Oh, now I need that email address to put in there to send this. And I had the email address cut and, so very good. I have an I have another tip for us here, uh, a bonus quick tip for today. Uh, as far as email addresses go, go into your keyboard text replacements, type in your email address as the replacement, and then come up with like whatever some shortcut that you can type to put in your email and do the same thing with your phone number or phone numbers. And of course, if you have multiple email addresses, like I have uh, FMGG. And that expands to feedback at MacGeekGab.com. I have like DMGG for my Dave ad address. I have DDLH for my personal address. Like all of these things so that I, when I'm filling out forms, I don't have to, and this works on my phone. It works on my Mac because it's synced. And I do the same with my phone number. I have my, my phones are all in the 603 area code. So I have C603 for my cell. I have 0603 for the office. I have G603 for my Google voice number. And just being able to tap that on my phone's keyboard and not fat finger things is do do those things. Yeah, I was going to say, I use comma cell. I use comma ST for my street address. Um, The only time it really seems to get me is every now and then the back, you know, the the website designer has put in, no, it only wants numbers. So when I try to type comma Z for my zip code, it won't take it. (laughs) Oh, yes. You know, it's like, yeah, you have to go type it manually. It's like, oh, son of a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you can't put anything that's not a number in there. Right, right. Um, And then one that I literally just used to put this in the show notes um, from Porthos John, shift option command V does a paste and match style. So if you have style on the Mac, uh, perhaps, obviously, but that one is is a good one for your fingers to learn so that you can paste things without it inheriting the style from where you copied it. It will inherit the style of where you're pasting it. So yeah. Yeah. All good yeah, stuff. And I think uh, text editor is good about uh, not text editor, text expander. Yes. It's good about having that option uh, built into it. So and keyboard maestro takes it to another level. Like Mac OS has that, that paste mm-hmm. and match style keyboard maestro. Sometimes that doesn't work. And sometimes there are fields that on websites that won't let you paste into them, but keyboard maestro lets you set up a shortcut to type the clipboard. Right. And so you Dead. copy something to the clipboard and then you tell keyboard maestro to type it and then it just does user interface scripting or whatever yes you know whatever the yeah, right term it is types it yeah because it's, it's a virtual keyboard essentially yeah but but yeah. no fat fingering like you know it's, right. it's sometimes they're, they're like oh where i love it is when it's like uh you're setting up a password right a long password yeah it's, yeah and they want you to type the confirmation of that password it's like i'm not gonna do that so i use keyboard maestro to do that yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Okay. Yep, I learned one there. Yep. Didn't even think about all, it yeah. No, I, we're on a roll here. This is good. This is good. Um, We had uh, Grumpy in our, and he's really not that grumpy, Uh, in our Discord. He's a really nice guy. Everybody in our Discord's nice. You should, if you aren't there, I encourage you to join. I, I, I dislike using the word should. 
I, I would love for you to join. I think you will like it. I like it there. Uh, no, you should join. <laughs> I don't mind using the word. <laughs> I don't uh, mind using the word. You, you should go. join. Well, there you go. <laughs> I, I agree with Pete. Um, Grumpy had two follow-ups from last week's quick tips. He says um, about the QR code scanner, which, by the way, I used a ton in Montreal last week, and it was fantastic to be able to start that QR code scanner, hover my phone over the QR code that was on the table, not have to type, not have to like tap anything on the screen. As soon as it sees the QR code, it launches it. It does whatever it's supposed to do. It's amazing. Uh, so, uh, you know, you launch that via the control center and then it does the code. Mark reminds us, uh, uh, uh oh, sorry, Mike Grumpy reminds us that, uh, after it does that, it's opened it in the web browser inside of um, control the, the the QR code scanner app, not in Safari. But you can tap the little open in Safari button in the lower right. And the reason you want to do this, and I can attest to, to this being super handy, is if it's like a menu, when you want to go back and order your next beer and try a different one, if you've opened it in Safari, you have the menu still on your phone. You don't have to go and scan the QR code again to get the menu. Uh, yes. So here's here was a neat one. Let me for those of you who own restaurants or other services, the, the neatest one I've seen so far was this restaurant in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. They had a cube on each table with the QR code on it. Okay. In into that QR code was the table number and you submitted your order through their menu online. So you didn't have to do anything, but touch what you wanted and they bring it to your table because they know that it came from table 76. Yeah. So for those of you, those of you doing that, you're not just giving the menu, you're telling it which table. So as long as nobody switches the cubes on right, the table. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 It's like Applebee's. It's except you yeah. get to use your own phone instead of whatever yeah. that silly thing yeah. is at Applebee's. Yeah. You know yeah, which yeah. shape to bring it to right away. Yeah. So. That, that was pretty clever, I thought. Yeah. I like it. And uh, and to wrap up quick tips, Grumpy had a follow-up from, uh, from a different quick tip in that episode. He says, adding uh, about adding a receipt to your user manuals, an additional thing to add when you get a new thing is to take a picture of the model. So we were talking about adding uh, your user manuals and your receipts in uh, a note or a books or whatever, right? Uh, also take a picture or a scan of the model or serial number tag on the item and attach that to the note or book or manual as well. Very handy to have the actual model number in the same document as the manual, since many manuals are for a family of products and having the actual serial number is always a good thing. All right, folks, look, it's summertime now, and our sponsor, HelloFresh, wants to help you make your home the hangout place this summer with crowd-pleasing eats from a backyard bratwurst bar to tangy key lime pie. HelloFresh Market makes summer entertaining a cinch. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You get to skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh wants you to have it all, free time and fresh, tasty food. That's why they take care of the meal planning and deliver the ingredients 
So everything you need to whip up a delicious meal arrives right to your door. And HelloFresh gets that you want options when it comes to what to make for dinner. Lisa and I love this because of this. We love to make these HelloFresh meals because it helps give us new options. We're loving it. That's why they offer 40 recipes to choose from every single week. So you'll never get bored and you can always find something new to try and love. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MGG50 and use code MGG50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash MGG50 and then use code MGG50 for 50% off plus free shipping. You got to check it out. And our thanks to HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode. And hey, while you're here, are you on the hunt for a fresh podcast to grace your ears each week? One that's not only entertaining, but overflowing with knowledge you can actually apply to your life? Of course. And we've got it. The Jordan Harbinger Show is a top shelf podcast crowned best of Apple back in 2018. Jordan isn't your average podcast host. He delves deep into the psyche of an eclectic range of guests from CEOs, spies, athletes to authors and more. His knack for pulling out gems of wisdom and exclusive stories from his guests is un paralleled now if you're wondering where to start might i suggest episode 835 which was one of the skeptical sundays in that one jordan unravels the murky world of e-commerce scams it's an absolute must listen if you're into online shopping of course we all are or how about episode 845 where jordan engages in a riveting conversation with robert kerbeck who shares his incredible journey from a struggling actor to a corporate spy. I've known Jordan for years and I'm a fan of the show. Jordan is a legend in the podcasting world. His show is one of the highest rated self-development podcasts available right now. Jordan's unique blend of intelligence, humor, and ease of listening is a hard combination to come by. You can't go wrong with adding the Jordan Harbinger show to your rotation. It's incredibly interesting, and there's never a dull show. Search for the Jordan Harbinger show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And hey, Jordan, thanks for doing this swap with us. All right. Listener Larry brings us to our questions segment here. He says, uh, my devices are all updated to the most current releases. That's handy to know. Uh, he says, I've been using mail app as my mail client across all platforms, Mac, iPhone, and iPad, iPad. Uh, he says, I don't do anything fancy though. I have been using SaneBox uh, for the past few years. Oh yeah. I, I couldn't live without SaneBox. That's another one. He says, I've been very happy. Lately, he says, I have noticed real email going into my junk folder at an increasing rate. I used to ignore the junk folder totally, but I've had to increasingly have a look one or even two times a day, and I'm always finding real good email there. I'm concerned yeah. about this. Yeah. Well, there is no lack of garbage in the junk folder. <laughs> I also worry about real mail going there, and if I have to check frequently, it doesn't do me any real good. Is something going on with the algorithms on my end or at Apple's? And is there anything I can do? So um, maybe is the answer. Uh, it, it, Apple's filters are trained both by Apple and everyone. So you sort of get the, the hive mind training of email. And it's also trained by you. Um, Apple's filters... Um, there's actually a knowledge base article that tells you how to train Apple's filters. And I highly recommend that you do this actively, not just once, but all the times. Uh, 
And it, it says iCloud Mail uses trend analysis, dynamic lists, and other tech to automatically detect and block junk mail before it reaches your inbox. While there isn't a way to completely stop junk mail, these tips can help reduce. Um, reporting junk mail and reporting what's not junk mail are keys to training Apple's filters in general and also the way Apple's filters work for you specifically. And you can do this in a number of ways. Uh, if you are using one of Apple's mail clients and it has a, you know, the junk button or the not junk button, that certainly works. But uh, you can simply move the messages between the inbox and the junk folder. Moving it from the junk folder to the inbox will train Apple's mail as not junk. And moving it the other way from the inbox to the junk folder will train it as junk. So, uh, good yes. question. Yes. Does that work? So that works for iCloud Mail or all mail accounts? So I, we're talking about I'm iCloud Mail Apple. as Apple. Okay. However, that also is sort of the paradigm that pretty much every other email provider follows. Following. Okay. Yeah. Um, like FastMail definitely works that way. Google Mail, Gmail, or you know Google Apps Mail or whatever you're using okay. works that way. So, yeah, I would I think it's a safe presumption for that to be a good path. Okay. But but it's worth, as you know, I, you know, I have my own server and and I use just host. That's my OK uh, service yeah. provider. And so I run my email server from them with my domain name. And I'm assuming that they're following that as well. Uh, they have the, the cool thing about doing that is I can run my own global filters. So when I get uh email from this, you know, crap email at junkmail.com. Sure. I can filter out anything from junkmail.com. Doesn't even make it to yep. my mail client to filter. So, um, so I'm hoping they're following that as well. I just go back to, you know, obviously they wouldn't do it if it didn't work. Why send spam email if it didn't work? So right. people quit answering spam. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But you shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Word. <laughs> I also agree with Pete. Uh, yeah, uh, it's worth just checking. I looked quick while we were talking here to see if Just Host yeah. had like a knowledge base article about this. I, they probably do. I couldn't find it while we yeah. were chatting here. But it's worth checking with your provider just to know. For example, with FastMail, uh, it learns... By what you it learns by all of these methods and more. And when you leave junk mail in the mailbox for 30 days or whatever, and it gets deleted, that also starts training it that that mail is junk. So I needed to have I had screwed things up with fast mail. I'd left too many things out there. Uh, I was not actively managing my spam. And so I they learned a bunch of legitimate meals were junk. Then. Yeah. And so I, I yeah. wrote a, I wrote him a support ticket and I said, Hey, I, I kind of would like to punt on this. How do I do that? And they said, Oh, we, we can reset that for you. Or maybe, maybe it was possible for me to reset. I forget. But in, in, in either way, they were like, yeah, we'll, we'll start you from scratch. And it, and it did. And now I set it on my calendar to every other day, manage my spam. I like doing it from the web interface for fast mail. I have a URL that brings me right to my spam email box. It's in my calendar. So I can just click right there. It's super efficient. Oh yeah. Cool. It takes me 
when I say it takes me 20 seconds a day, I'm not exaggerating. It's really not much. I sort my spam mailbox by the from address. You could also choose to sort by like the subject or something. Uh, If you're only doing it once a week, I think sorting by subject might be better because a lot of spam has duplicate subjects. And so it makes it really easy to identify patterns. I find doing it every other day, uh, you know, there might be 20 or 30 things in there for me. And I do find some that are, you know, bad and uh, or, you know, false negatives, false positives, whatever it should be, things that should be in my inbox. And so I just tell it not spam for these and the rest. I tell it delete and it works out really well. Um, and that's why it takes you 20 seconds because you do it every other day. Correct. If you did it every two weeks, it'd take longer every month, obviously longer. It would take so, longer. Yeah. yeah. And that's sure. why I, you know, when I reset my junk mail filter, you know, when I reset the, the, the trainings, uh, I was doing it every day for a couple of weeks. And then I realized, okay, it's probably not going to be any different to do it every other day. When I let it go more than every, like if I'm traveling or, you know, yeah. I miss the to do on my list on a, on one day and I do it on, you know, and it's been three days now, it takes me remarkably longer than just 50. It's not, it's more than 50% longer because I, my brain gets tired and distracted as I'm reading through those lists. You, you know what I mean? And so I've, I do, I know exactly what you mean. You know, I, I get halfway through and I'm thinking about something else and it's like, Oh yeah. crap. Okay. Yeah. I got to do this again. So that every, I got to deal with that email right now before I forget. And then the next thing you know, you're dealing with correct. four other things. And you're like, wait a minute. I was in the middle of my uh, junk mail. Yep. So for me and, and we're all different, right? But for me, yeah. every other day is the right pace. And really, even if I miss a day, every three days is manageable. If I let it go more than that, then it's like it's a chore. I have to really focus and and maintain a level of focus that I don't want to have to do. So that's why I don't choose to do it once a week or or once every two weeks. Like, that's just too much for me. Um, ADD is not just an acronym. It's a no, way of life. No, it's a way of life. But it's all about learning how to live with yourself, right? And so yeah, it, with right. this, it's like, yeah, if I do it every other day. And then on the opposite days, I use SaneBox as well. I have a box called Sane News, which is one of SaneBox's automatic boxes. You can turn it off. But it grabs all of my newsletters and puts them into one folder. I manage saying news on my off days from spam. And so uh, and it's nice because I'll tell you what, reading through newsletters when all when you know that that's all you're seeing there is newsletters makes it really easy. It's like, do I want to read that one? No, no, no. Yes, that one I do want to read. Okay, and then I read it and look at it. Great. I move on to the next one. And so I let that be a little more freeform than the spam thing, you know, but that's the point of it. So, yeah. So. Maybe sort, but sorting by from address for my spam on my schedule is perfect. When I used to do it every two weeks, which again, for me was a failure, but sorting by subject was another way. So think about what you just got to find the path that works for you. um, And also know what your mail server, like your mail host, how to train it so that you're actually getting quickly before we, before we get off this subject. So I, I think MGG uses MailChimp. When you send out your newsletter? Correct. When we send out our okay. newsletter, it's mail, It's currently MailChimp. We've been thinking about okay. changing to ConvertKit, but that's a whole other conversation. Okay. So, yeah. but, but, okay. So obviously there's services for sending out newsletters, but how are these spam guys getting it out? Are they, are they abusing the MailChimp terms of service or, you know, whomever I use them as a, sure. as an example, because they can send mass emails. Yeah. So the, um, I'm trying to think of the right way to answer this. Yes. The some of the spammers are using 
a, you know, respected mail sender, if you will. Okay. But MailChimp will boot you if you get too many spam complaints back. Right. They gotcha. and they tell you about it. They're like, OK, like, you know, you're at point two percent or something. No, no big deal. Like it's going to happen. They understand yeah. that. But if you're at like two percent, they'll, they'll, they'll send you an email and then that's that's it. But sending okay. so mail does do good to complaint. To, to Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess. I don't know. It, like, okay. y- yes, it does good. I don't I like I, I it, okay. it's waste too much time. Um, <laughs> but but yes, it, there there is help in that. Um some male hosts will do the complaining for you. They will report things back yeah. to the, the sending agent. So th- like I know Google does, if you mark something as spam on Google, they are, they are logging that and like MailChimp would hear about it and all that. So, so there it, it's great. I don't know about fast mail. They probably do. They, they manage okay. a lot of email there, but, but it, you know, I, we used to send, all of well, a bunch of our email through our own server because we have our own server and we can send mail. It is really hard to get your, and I say little server, like it used to be the Mac Observer server. It was sending out all kinds of email and it was doing everything from Backbeat Media. Um, it is very difficult to get a mail server that you run yourself, quote unquote, respected by the community and to be able to hit the inbox mailchimp is respected because they don't tolerate spam and so they can hit the inbox better um you know convert kit respected sure. they can hit the inbox dave's little server that that you know does its own thing and hasn't managed mac observer email and i mean it's been 10 years or something I, that would almost always hit people's spam folders when i sent through that so sure. I, I use like google's smtp relay now which is great so um, okay but again, you can't abuse abuse it. You've got to, you got to, you know, if you, if you, you get the, yeah, there's, there's two the or boot. three blacklisting services out there that'll put your server on the blacklist and then, then good luck. Right. That's it. Yeah. 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 So yeah. yeah. Right. You want to take us to Kent? Pete? I do. Yeah. So Kent wrote in, uh, hi, Dave and Pete. Safari on my iPad air gen four has recently started exhibiting an odd and irritating behavior. It's on iPad OS 16.5.1. When I do a Google search and then tap on the result, it doesn't take me to the right result. Instead, the tap results in a thin outline of the listing with a, quote, share and a, quote, save to collections icon as shown in the screenshot attached. A second tap takes me to the desired result page. I've tested this on the iPhone uh, SE uh, with 16.5.1 and my 2019 iMac 13.4.1. The iPhone doesn't display this. The iMac does on rollover, but clicking the result takes me directly to the link page without needing a second click. The screenshot is from the Mac, and of course, you can't see the screenshot. Uh, No amount of searching has turned up even a mention of this behavior. It's a jarring uh, change uh, to uh, tap the result, expecting the page to open, and then realizing it didn't and having to go do it again. I'm threatening to nuke and pave to see if that clears it up and to see uh, if there's a simple solution. Uh, Checking with us to see if there's a simple solution. Uh, There is a simple solution. We didn't find it, but Kent did. Yes, we looked for it. (laughs) We didn't find it. He did. Yeah. Yep. So so he he said he writes a quick follow up in the answer. I searched through Safari settings and noticed I had quote request desktop websites and then all websites turned on. 
Uh, I've had it this way for as long as I can remember. I turned it off, closed all my tabs and tried a new search. Issue gone. Turned it back on and the behavior returned. Off off again and gone again. Perhaps a recent change by Google as evidenced by it showing up on the Mac. I don't know, but what's left is my what's left of my sanity has now been preserved. So yeah, this is interesting. So um, I, I never yeah. knew about this setting, Pete. It's in, no. I, I'm seeing it on my iPhone in settings, yeah. Safari, scrolling almost to the bottom is request desktop website on, and you can set it to all websites. You can also set specific websites to always request a desktop website. Like on my iPad, I have it request my Synology Disk Station's desktop website because I want the full experience when I'm on my iPad. But uh, but I, yeah, I I never used it for everything, and I I think he's probably right. Some change at Google must have have you know catalyzed this. So right, yeah. yeah. I mean, it wouldn't have otherwise. I you know, I tried to duplicate the behavior. I looked all over, and I'm yeah. glad he found it because that was a. Yep, <laughs> that's just bizarre. Yep, but it could be handy, and I'm thinking about. Yeah. This is interesting because as we're having this conversation, I'm thinking about I'm going to try setting that on my iPad because I prefer the desktop website on my iPad in sure. almost all cases. So uh, it's certainly not on my phone, but on my iPad. Yeah. But but again, I might need to find a way to like tell it, don't do this for Google or just use a different search engine. Try DuckDuckGo. And then maybe that's the answer. Oh, so, yeah. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about trying a different search engine. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, that, you know, like that's not the answer, but it is a solution, right? Yes. So, yeah. Good stuff, Kent. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, indeed. I, um, I have a question. It's more of an observation because I, I, or maybe we'll call it a geek challenge. So I was in Montreal, uh, here in New Hampshire, where we are is about a, that's a less than five hour drive, uh, each way. So we drove up and got an Airbnb where we could park a car. We were up there celebrating our niece's uh, birthday with her. We took her up. She lives with us. And so the three of us went up. It was great. Had a really nice time. Uh, when I crossed the border into Canada, my uh, car stayed on miles per hour. My Apple maps on CarPlay for the uh, like, uh, turn directions and all of that stayed on miles. The speed limit signs on the road were all in kilometers. The speed limits as interpreted by my cars. I have a Subaru Outback from t- like 2018. So not that old. And it has the speed limits of some roads on it, you know, and those all stayed in miles per hour because my car stayed in miles per hour. Apple maps, only the speed limit on Apple Maps showed up in kilometers per hour. And it was like, okay, well, you didn't change anything else to kilometers, but you changed that. And it's like, so I had to ask my family, I'm like, all right, uh, tell me what, how, you know, how much is, uh, how many miles is 50 kilometers? How many miles is 80 kilometers? Like, I, I, oh. yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, I can Six. look, I can look on the, on the, obviously yeah. on the speedometer, but, First of all, it's really tiny and I'm trying to drive in a foreign country and I don't want to screw that up. But what I look at for the speed of my car is the um, 
digital display of the speed. And of course, that was still in miles per hour because I, I could change it, but I would have to stop the car to change that particular yeah, no, setting. You're not allowed to change that on the road. You're not allowed to change it <laughs> while you're driving. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and for good reason. I, it's not a complaint, but it was like, yeah. this is really weird. And I mean, it didn't take very long for me to learn the translations because it was only like three of them. You, you know, it was like 50, 80, 100, and I could get, like, get yeah. close on the rest. Um, and then, of course, my car was showing me the speed limits and the right thing. But I, I thought that was really weird. Now, Google Maps, which I used for a little bit driving home, it just went all in on uh, metric. So it was telling it was giving me turn directions in terms of the number of kilometers and this, that and the other thing. It's like, I'm not sure that that's better, Google, but at least you're consistent. (laughs) If I told you I wanted to be in miles, don't change that because I'm somewhere else. Like it's still Dave's brain. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 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 uh, yeah. That's uh, just quickly for anyone listening. If you find yourself there. Point six. So if you, it's a hundred kilometers an hour, multiply by 0. 0.6, 60, it's not, it's 63, but yeah, you know, right. it's close enough for government work. Yep. No, that's so, a, that's a good, that's a good so conversion. Six, you know, if it's, it's 50, then it's six times five is 30. You're about 30, 33 yep. miles an hour. Yep. No, that's a, That's good math to, to, to be able yeah. to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get you in the ballpark. So you don't get a ticket. So you don't get a ticket. Yeah. That would be a boring and costly conversation and confusing because I'm sure the officer would want to speak French to me, at least initially, and um, I don't speak yeah. French well at all. all. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't go so fast, Dave. Um, the other piece, but traveling and and even if you're not driving, or perhaps especially if you're not driving, if you're going to be using public transport um, in any in a in a country where they speak a language or use a pronunciation that is different from your what your brain is used to learn how before you leave learn how the locals pronounce the name of the street that you are staying on i learned this a year ago when we went to greece we wound up you know we had picked our airbnb because we stayed in athens for a few days before we went on the road uh I picked our Airbnb. We wound up talking to like a travel planner. We wound up not working with this woman. She was very nice. She basically told us, you don't need me. Um, but casually, as we were talking, she's like, where are you staying? And I I like texted her the address of the Airbnb. And she says, and it was I-O-F-O-N-T-O-S or whatever. Uh, and she's like, oh, you're on Yofantos. I, I know where that is. And it was like, right. Yofantos, not Iofantos, like my yeah. English brain is telling me to say. Not Socrates way. <laughs> yeah, not Socrates way. Yeah, exactly. But but Yofantos, and it was like, and then like we were traveling somewhere, and like you know the uh, like the 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 bus driver or something was like, oh, you know, we're coming up to Yofantos here, and it's like, right, that's us. And the same mm-hmm. thing in in Montreal. You know, we stayed again at an Airbnb, and it was on Saint Denis Street. But locally, that's Saint-Denis. And, yeah. you know, if you don't know that, you might not make that association <laughs> in the moment. Right. Like, yeah, we were we did some tour and the driver was like, who is it that's on Saint-Denis? Can I bring you back first? And I was like, yes, that's us. And Lisa looked at me. She's like, oh, look at that. She's like, you're right. That is Saint-Denis. I'm like, yeah, I learned this last year. I know I need to know how they're going to pronounce our street, not how I'm going to pronounce it. Right. Yeah. So. I don't know. Little tips, 
Little for the English speaking world, any St. Dennis folks here? Any St. Dennis? <laughs> I'm sure they would have gotten there quickly because yeah. our, our, you know, our, and that was the thing is he was speaking English to us, but he was pronouncing things in the, the way, the way you pronounce the them. way you pronounce <laughs> the way it is correct to pronounce yeah. them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, we're not going to get to everything, but that's sort of normal. Uh, Steve Hammond had a good question with an answer in our discord he says, I have a few Apple TV fours in my house, but one of them is often freezing. I have to get to it and reboot it by removing the power cable. Any idea what it can be? And then there was a discussion that ensued about how to reboot it every week. And that would be perhaps like, you know, a smart plug that you can schedule to just turn it off. Wait, whatever, a minute, turn it back on and 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 fix that. Um, so but. Someone, uh, Blake in Arizona, chimed in and said, I have had similar occasional freezing on two of my Apple TV 4Ks that were identical. From what I saw, they were both practically full on storage, which amazed me. Says, I deleted a few apps, and so far, they both have been working better and haven't needed to be rebooted. So, if your Apple TV, I would say for all of us, Go check and see how much storage all the apps that you downloaded and forgot about are taking up on your Apple TV, yeah. because it might make sense to just delete some as a matter of course and just maintenance. Kind of like I said at the beginning of the show, right. going through the privacy settings and making sure things are on this sort of preventative maintenance to keep your, you know, keep your sanity, preserve your I sanity. I probably have two dozen apps on my home screen and I bet I use four with any consistency. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Deleting the things that you never are going to use again, for sure. Uh, but also, if you do wind up in a scenario where you've got an Apple TV that freezes and needs to be rebooted, check the storage. Uh, I, that would not have been my first thing to check. And so thanks to Blake in Arizona now, uh, it will be all of our first thing to check. So, yes, indeed. Right. You're thinking all the back end things. What could be wrong with the operating system? Did you get a bad bit in your last firmware update well, right you know right no, just delete some apps <laughs> just delete some apps it's full but it won't tell you that it's full right no. apple doesn't no. like to do that uh, I, except for when they do i don't know i don't know uh brent asks a question of us here about uh what is the is is what is the best malware scanner for mac os he says uh is malware bytes still a good option for a free on-demand malware scanner for Mac OS. And uh, I Malwarebytes is still the one that I use. And and I don't pay for a subscription to it, not because I don't want to support them. I don't pay for a subscription because I don't want it running all the time. And that real-time agent is part of the subscription, right? Like that that is part and parcel of, of having paid for it. I don't... I've chosen... Again, we talk about our convenience versus security continuum and picking our spot on it. I have chosen not to have something running all the time that's always scanning things that are running on my Mac because I don't want it to slow my Mac down. I, you know, and and maybe maybe someday I will regret that. But I have a, a reminder on my calendar to remind me to run malware bytes once a week. And I do on all of my Macs. Actually, I don't have it on my calendar. I have a keyboard maestro macro that runs once a week that launches malware bytes. It doesn't scan. It launches it. When I see it up on my machine, 
I go and click the scan button. So that's how that, and then I, and then I quit. I don't quit before I scan. So, um, Malwarebytes is what I use. What do you use anything, Pete? And if so, what? I do. I use Malwarebytes, although I don't think I've put it on this machine as yet, my new one. Yep. I also use CCleaner, which is short Ooh. for Crap Cleaner. Great name. <laughs> I forgot about CCleaner. Oh, yeah. 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 Huh. So they have a free and a paid version as well. Yep. And uh, But I, I find that the, the free version meets my needs. Okay. Um, and it's not uh, – I don't know that that's as good at malware as yeah. Malwarebytes, but, but it does – clean a lot of the cruft in the machine i'll give it that and then uh it looks like the the free version does less of the malware stuff and and they don't say malware but they talk about removing internet trackers and things like that so yep right yep and then um uh and then actually you know and we mentioned it briefly before as far as trackers i i started using the duck.com email service and that's that does a good job of removing trackers from the email when before it even hits your yep. inbox or when it hits your inbox, it goes, I've removed four internet mm. trackers from mm. this email. So that's nice. And then of course, uh, no episode would be complete without mentioning clean my Mac 10 or X. Yep. I, I choose to say 10. That's the Roman numeral. Yeah, uh, it is. It is clean my Mac X. And I, oh, I yes. only, okay. right. I only know that because when they first sponsored the show years ago uh, and they, they didn't just sponsor our show, like through backbeat, they, you know, we put together a campaign where they sponsored like, I don't know, 10 Mac shows or something. Cause we have a lot of Mac shows and uh, every single host said, clean my Mac 10 because I like, think we were taught by Apple that X is 10, well, you know? Yeah. And the, 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 the feedback came back, Hey, uh, for the next app, for the next reads, make sure you say clean my Mac X. And it was like, Oh, who knew? I'm like, well, yeah. now we know. They were nice. They were very nice about it. It was yeah. Like, obviously, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They understood why. Like, <laughs> yep, yeah. But I just clean my Mac X. But you're right. That's got a great malware scanner in it too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like it. Hey, I quick like one. It. I, I know you yeah. skipped over it, but, uh, so I won't get them both. But Take the quick one is uh, uh, Stitcher's going away in August. Just for for both of you that listen to this show on Stitcher, uh, I think there's more than work. both. I've seen the stats. Yeah, <laughs> okay. no, you're not wrong yeah. to to, so, to circle uh, back come on to this over one. And listen to it on the uh, Mac Geek Gab app. Or yeah, oh, okay, you're leaning back like maybe not. I, you know, we you have getting rid of it. We have not done any updates to the Mac Geek Gab app in a while. There was there was a project okay. planned for this past winter. Lucas was actually going to um, okay. d- do a lot of those updates. That did not happen. So I need to talk with Corey, the the okay. person who created that for us and see right. where we are with that, because okay. there are some things that it needs to be. It needs to be updated and refreshed. Yeah. yeah, it works. But there are some things that need to be done with it and oh, okay. they have not been done. So certainly use the Mac Geek app, install it. It's free and you will get notifications from us, which is great. And you can listen in the app. For my podcast listening, I like Overcast. Um, Ditto. Yeah. yeah. Um, It's, you know. Apple destroyed podcasts with the latest. Well, that is true. I agree. iOS 17 podcast app is better. I've been playing with that on my spare phone. Yeah. So, so 
I, like, just finding where the episode is and you know what order it's in and yep. getting it just was it was not in, no longer intuitive. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yep. Nope. I really like to goober that up. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I love Overcast. Uh, it lets you change your speed and get rid of uh, you know what is it called the uh, int- intelligent speed. It gets rid of the silence gaps, the pauses. Like yep. Yeah. Yep. The pauses. Which is yeah, great. So. Yep. We we uh yeah I I I like that um I uh the the one nice thing about Stitcher as listener Gary pointed out is that it will stream only whereas yeah. most other podcast app are apps are focused on downloading or streaming if you don't have the downloaded copy in Overcast you can go into its own settings into downloading. And you can choose to stream when played and never download. And what's yeah, cool on is a per show basis. You can also then change that on a per show basis. That's right. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some shows will download, some will stream. Yeah. No, yeah. That's great. But I wanted to point that out because no, it's people good. Uh, may be listening and, and it's got, I think they said they're going to Pandora, right? Anybody on Stitcher is automatically going to switch over to Pandora. Okay. They're going to have to download the Pandora. Yep. That makes sense. And, but the, the, you know, I can think Pandora bottom. I, I, that's my guess. Yep. Yeah. Or Stitcher bought Pandora and decided to keep their name. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Chad had a question about uh, Overcast from a couple of weeks ago, basically asking, how do I play video podcasts in Overcast? Uh, you had prepped this one, Pete, but I, I mean, I think the answer is no, right? Overcast. Yeah. Is... No, not that I've been able to find. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I Spotify is very much leaning in on the whole video podcast thing so much so that they now give us as creators the option to upload a video to go along with the audio podcast. So if, if you're listening on, on Spotify and we have remembered to do it and it's not, they don't make it, it's not the easiest thing yet, but we'll get there. Um, we we can upload a video and, and we have for a bunch of episodes. I didn't do it for last week's because um, I was traveling and anyway I didn't. But I, I will. I'll go. I'll go and fix that in 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 retrospect. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. See, so, I need to fix that. Well, the problem is, is I, like you and I, we get on here and we do a lot of pre-show, but mine records. Oh yeah, my pre-show that. records too. There too. Yeah, I I cut that out. Oh, you go in and yeah, see, I'm I yeah. too much other editing. Yeah, I don't yeah. have time to go in and change all that. <laughs> uh, yeah. YouTube is weird with the editing. Facebook's not too bad with it. And then the file that I download is easy to edit. QuickTime player, by the way, if all you need to do is trim a video or even slice out sections in the middle, it is the most efficient thing. And when I say efficient, I mean, in terms of what happens once you finish doing your slicing and dicing, and you hit save QuickTime doesn't try to re-encode the whole thing. It just saves it. Whereas like black magic's, uh, 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 DaVinci resolve, which is an amazing video editor. And one that I use regularly will take, you know, for an hour and a half long thing, it'll take like 20 minutes to, to push it out. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, guys, I just want to do this. So yeah, it's already encoded. Just it's already it. encoded. Yeah. Yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. So, all right. Well, Pete, I think we have uh, 
We've hit our time for the week. Yes. We have a bunch of cool stuff found. We still have some more questions to get through. You will send in more questions to feedback at MacGeekGub.com. So I think that means we're going to have to do this again next week, Pete. Right. Yeah. Right. We are. Yeah. I think we will. I think we will. It'll be after, it'll be after uh, Treason Day for those of us in uh, Britain. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> after Independence Day for yep. those of us in the States. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, and, and don't forget, Sunday, July 9th, uh, which is this coming Sunday for anyone who's listening to the recorded version of this. Uh, at 4 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, we will get together and hang out and talk shortcuts. Really, we'll just talk automation in general. Doesn't have to just be yeah. shortcuts, but but yeah, automation in general. So yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun. So I'm hoping to be on there. It, right. it, it it may not happen. That's a travel day for us. We're going to Florida. Got it. Got it. But if my airplane's ready, then I can wait an extra day oh, and do that. Interesting. Yeah. Right. All right. Cool. Yeah. Well, we hope to see you, but obviously we understand. Can't yeah. make it. Yep. Thanks to Cashfly for providing all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. Come follow us on Mastodon. We've got links in the show, but uh, Pete and I are both out there. The show is out there. I, I've been loving Mastodon because it lets me see my timeline in timeline order. There's no algorithm trying to tell me what I want to see. It's just timeline order. I, I, I've, I've really come to, to like that. So it's been a fun place. Make sure you check out the other shows that we do. Pilot Pete's Aviation Podcast, So There I Was. My business brain for entrepreneurs and gig gab for musicians, all linked in the show notes at MacGeekab.com or MGG.FM slash 989. Make sure to check out our sponsors. Uh, you can go to MacGeekab.com slash sponsors to see all of them, including active deals from inactive sponsors. We check those on the regular. Uh, but go to HelloFresh.com slash MGG50. Code MGG50 gets you 50% off. Thanks for hanging out, folks. We'll see you next week. Pete, before we go, what uh, what do you have to say for us, Pete? Anything? Okay. Especially if you're speeding in Canada because you can't convert your miles <laughs> to kilometers. But anywhere else you might be, just play it safe and don't get caught. Made up.